Welcome ladies to this episode. It is a joy as always to have you on air and to have people to listen to our podcast. That is the reason for it. And even if we only have one person other than us that listens to it, Jesus does it for the one and he wants us to do it for the one. So even if you're just one sister out there listening This is for you, and we love you, and we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for sharing it with your friends, with your coworkers, with your family, anybody that you feel like when you're listening can be impacted by it, because that is why we're here, and that is why we do what we do, and we just thank you for for tuning in. So, um, speaking of joy... That is what this podcast episode is going to be speaking about, and we are doing another raw take where Abby and I don't discuss what the podcast is really going to be about or what we're going to say prior to. The only thing that I know is that it's about joy, so let's just get right into it. All right, welcome back, ladies. We are back again, and we are doing another raw take again like we did the last time. Uh, So I'm here with my friend, Abby, and we are going to be talking this week about joy, so I hear. So, Abby, what you got for us? Um, Well, this started for me about a week ago. Um, I was at a service, and they were singing a song about the delight of the Lord, and it it was actually one that... I don't know if you've heard a song and it's like you should be, you know, rejoicing or be happy. You feel like as though everybody's happy around you and you're sobbing. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my experience. Yeah. (laughs) And um, the gist of the words, and I wish I could remember them. I don't even, I've never heard the song before. I've never heard it since. Um, But it was just that finding your delight and him finding his delight in us. And that word, it felt like it has stayed with me and you know I'm a word girl so I always have to go and look up what you know thesaurus and and dictionary and all that but the word delight um, is another word for joy or for great pleasure and so I started looking because the word stayed with me and then it was like have you ever it's kind of like when you buy a car and then you notice how many other people drive the same car it's like you hear a word and then all of a sudden everywhere you look somebody's talking about the joy of the Lord Mm -hmm. or he delights in you or you are the delight of his heart and it was like, that was my week. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I wasn't really feeling very joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was been one of those weeks that, you know, husband finds out he's got to have a root canal and um, cracked windshield and <laughs> come home and the air conditioner is fighting for its life and it's 80 degrees in the house. Like, mm-hmm. this was very, very impactful of life and not finding a whole lot of happiness. And I started to think about, like, what, what is this word delight and joy, and what is the difference in that and being happy? Because, you know, there's even songs about crying on the inside, and I'm a clown to everyone, but deep inside I'm broken, and I always think about Robin Williams, this comedian who yeah. made people laugh until they cried. I mean, mm-hmm. impromptu, sometimes in the middle of a script, he would just you know, ad lib and have people just rolling and was fighting depression and ended up taking his own life. So obviously there is this huge disconnect between happiness and joy. And 
So in my search in the scriptures and looking at delight as a word and also in the meaning of scriptures or joy in scripture, I found some interesting things. So delight occurs in various forms of the word delight. It occurs 110 times in scriptures. Hmm. And great pleasure or pleasing, the concept of being pleasing or being pleased occurs over 350. And I started thinking about how important that must be for us to have joy and pleasure in this walk that we we have. And how few people I have encountered that actually live it, Mm -hmm. that actually have, you know, there are some people you meet them and it's like, you would have no clue what they're walking through because there is such a sweetness and joyfulness and just a pure delight of life in them. Mm -hmm. And for me, you are one of those people. Like, I know you well enough to know that things are not always perfect, but you have a light inside of you and you're naturally a very upbeat person, a very positive person. Thank you. But there's a lot of people that say they love the Lord who go to church and they are not in any form of the word happy, joyful, full of delight. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, and this is a question, and I want to, you know, kind of chew on it. What, why is that? Mm -hmm. What is it that people lose somewhere between their initial encounter with the Lord? I mean, I feel like if you say that you know Jesus... And you have encountered his love. It should change you. Right. It should mark you. There mm-hmm. should be a marked moment where you realize that was before I met Jesus. Mm-hmm. But after I met Jesus, I have freedom like I've never known. Mm-hmm. I feel loved like I've never felt loved before. There's a peace inside of me. There's a joy. And if at any point, because this is the thing I've heard a lot. It's like, well, you know... In scripture, when it talks about the laughter of God, there's like three marked occasions. And at every time, it was like the, the Lord was laughing at the enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like he told a joke and slapped his knee. <laughs> you know? It was like, you know, the Lord laughs at Crack the proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a real knee slapper. You know? like, he um, was laughing at the stupidity of the enemy, thinking that he'd won. Mm-hmm. Or that he would somehow overcome his power. And so... And yet, in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, we have the fruits of the Spirit. And the second one listed is joy. Yes. Love, joy, peace. So, if the Holy Spirit and His gifts are the Spirit of God, and joy is like number two in the ranking after love, which God is love, mm-hmm. then that tells me that God, as an entity, is a pretty happy guy. Mm-hmm. Pretty joyful character. And his word, scripture, scripture after scripture, says that he delights in us. He finds his delight in us. And I think sometimes that may be part of the disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like, do we really believe that he takes pleasure in us? That he del- I know I didn't for a long time. I actually had someone give me kind of a prophetic word telling me that, and I didn't believe him. Like, that, that word kind of sat on a, on a shelf for a long time because I was so broken. Mm-hmm. And it had equated bad human relationships with him Mm -hmm. and took a long time to get to a point of freedom Mm -hmm. and so I guess my heart is 
is heavy in that I want to be full of joy. Yeah. And regardless of what my life circumstances are, I'm, and again, I'm not talking about happiness. You can smile like a fool mm-hmm. and it not be sustaining or do anything. It's just an act. I want to be genuinely full of his delight. I mm-hmm. want to know that my words and my actions and my heart, they're making him happy. Yeah. That he's getting pleasure out of me. And that he delights in me mm-hmm. as much as I delight in him. I think it's such the Lord's timing as it always is whenever, because you and I, just for the audience's sake, we don't discuss throughout the week what he's kind of working on with you, life experiences, whatever. We just kind of get together. Abby's the mastermind behind all of this, along with the Lord, of course. But And she just throws it down. And it's just always so interesting to see the way that the Holy Spirit's been working on the same topic on me every single time. But so this week, I mean, I shared a little bit with Abby before we were... Um, going live just catching up with each other but that I had had to share um my testimony my story with a group of ladies that had never heard it before um on Wednesday night and afterwards um one of the women come up to me and she said you know most people that have had the life trajectory that you have would be bitter but I don't see bitterness on you and earlier that day one of um the doctors that I work with um, at a dentist office, um, I don't even know his personal belief system. I don't even know if he's a believer. I don't know. We don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. But he said, he asked me one day because he had watched me genuinely smile and be kind to someone that was being really, really ugly to me over a dental bill. And whenever they left, he said, how do you do that? Do you just, you've already got a made up mind that no matter what happens, you're going to be happy and I said yeah it is a conscious decision every day okay I'm going to take all the bad and I'm going to look for the good in it and I'm going to count it joy Mm -hmm. and that is not an easy thing to do and it's a daily struggle and am I perfect no and am I am I like a Hallmark card absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) there's some pretty colorful things that come out of my mouth most of the time especially behind the wheel of a car you know I feel like one of the gifts that the Lord gave me was joy um but one of the fruits of the spirit I've had to work on is patience and self-control and so for whatever God gives you you'll be lacking in other areas Mm -hmm. so just because I have the joy and that part comes naturally doesn't mean that I'm you know the closest thing ever walking to Jesus Christ definitely not but um, what I have learned in this life is that regardless of your circumstances if you choose to look for the good you'll always find it yes yeah and I do think there is also this persona of joy you know, she's not a little cartoon character like in the movies, the Disney movie or Pixar or whatever it was, where she basically just wanted to sugarcoat everything, like never wanted to deal with reality. And I do think there's a trap that some people fall into. They get to the point where it's like, you know, and I just, I, my, my standard joke is denial is not a river in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Like you are in denial. Mm-hmm. This Like there are things here that you need to address and glossing over with paint is, I mean, put lipstick on a pig is still a pig, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I do think there's this disconnect sometimes when we think about joy and what that should look like. Yeah. Um, and there are people fighting some really real battles and mm-hmm. some really heavy things. And so joy is not that you're going to always have a smile on your face right. or that you're always going to be able to just overcome whatever the circumstance is it is a gift when you can do that but i feel like for a lot of people it is that struggle it's like well 
I've lost my joy and I don't know how to get it back. Mm -hmm. But there is, there is part of you that can determine, I will find joy in this. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this gifting of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me this week, it's like the Lord said, when you're resting in his love, when you really truly believe that he loves you, you want to have time with him. Mm-hmm. When you want to have time with him and you're in his presence, you will leave with that joy. Yeah. And nothing that you encounter can steal it from you. Yeah. And it is something that I feel like it's like you were saying, you make up your mind that nothing's going to take from me and I'm going to find the good in this. Mm-hmm. It's also like I'm not going to allow any lie to convince me that he doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't have good things for me. Yeah. That he's not working on my behalf. That he's not fighting for me. And I think when you shift that thinking, that mindset, joy does become more easily found. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that some of the most bitter people do not believe that they're loved or that they're worthy of love. Mm-hmm. That's really what the wound is. And it comes out in all these ways. But they have somewhere down the line, they have believed a lie that they're not loved and they're not worthy of being loved. Mm-hmm. And that hurts them so deeply the anger comes out and the bitterness and that's all they can see mm-hmm. and that's a very dangerous place to be yeah and it's a really sad place to live mm-hmm. and i think the thing is, is that whether it's bitterness or joy you're you're contagious mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true yeah people and people do not want to be around bitter betty mm-hmm. you know um sorry if her name is betty this is what came <laughs> but <laughs> you know i think that it's something that if we're going to reflect the heart of God to the people around us, then we need to make up our mind. We need to make up that decision that I'm a reflection of my father. Mm-hmm. I am the apple of his eye. Yeah. I am his beloved. He takes great pleasure and joy in me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at the end of it all, when we're there in his presence the bible says in revelations that we will cast our crowns at his feet mm-hmm. and i want to be able to say serving you was the greatest joy of my life yeah doing the things that you asked me to do was the biggest delight for me and that's a check for myself if i ever get to the point because um ministries work yes. it is a lot of work and it's tiring but there's scripture that supports, you know, do not let yourself grow weary in doing good and all of this. But that's a check for me. Yes. If I ever start to look at the privilege that the Lord's given me to serve him as a burden and not a blessing, then I have to go to the feet of the Father and deal with me. Yes. Because it is a joy and, and I think an honor that's the to get to do it. For a lot of people down into a spiral is they have the pressures and the deadlines and the budgets and it becomes very much like a job mm-hmm. instead of a calling mm-hmm. it becomes becomes so much pressure they feel like so many things are are on them looking to them that somewhere in there they lose the focus of what why they're doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and in that they lose their joy they mm-hmm. lose their peace and i think that most of those times is exactly the remedy is to go run run Go boldly into the throne room where you can receive the mercy that you so needed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the answer. Don't get so caught up in doing the things that you don't have your time with Jesus. Yeah. That you don't, you're not going back to his feet. That you're mm-hmm. not, you know, and I always think about, in the Bible, there's a story about a 
Jesus is in a person's home, a religious person's home. They're all reclining and eating. This woman breaks in. She breaks an alabaster jar of, of very expensive oils at his feet. And her tears and the oil in her hair, she washes his feet. And it's an act of worship. I've heard it preached a hundred different ways. But the gist of it is Jesus looked at them and said, You will hear about this girl. Yeah. Years Whenever down the my line, story is given, you'll whatever hear you hear her. about me, you will hear about this girl. Yeah. And I always think it was her delight. She probably, I mean, I really don't think that she even hesitated mm-hmm. busting into this place that she was not welcome. It was not proper. It was not good manners. Mm-hmm. She was so desperate for him and to pour out her love on his feet. To, mm-hmm. It was her great delight and pleasure mm-hmm. to show him that honor. And he said to the man who's hosting, he's like, I came in here and you didn't even offer to wash my feet, which was a Jewish custom. So that was a little rude of the man not to have done that. Mm-hmm. And yet here she is bathing my feet with her tears and washing them with her hair and pouring this very expensive cologne out. And I just say, Lord, let me keep the heart of the woman with the alabaster jar, that it would be my great pleasure. Mm-hmm. It was probably only thing possessive with value that she had. And mm-hmm. she didn't hesitate to break it, to yeah. use it for him. So whatever gifting, whatever precious thing you've put in me, mm-hmm. let me always be willing to break it out for yeah. you, to pour it out over you. And that I could say, thank you for delighting in me. And it has been my great delight mm-hmm. to serve you and to worship you and to honor you. And for me this week, I think I have gotten to a place where I've been asking, Lord, what are the things that are stealing my joy? Mm-hmm. You know, if social media is taking my joy, then I don't need social media. Yeah. If the program that I'm watching is stealing my joy, if it's if it's in creating anxiety in me, if it's bringing fear, if it's just a distraction that causes me to go down a road, a path with thoughts that I don't need to entertain, whatever it is that's stealing this peace and this joy, this love that I feel in this moment, show it to me because mm-hmm. I don't want it. And for me, I feel like that there, it, that's going to be like where you were going back to what you said earlier about making a choice. There are going to be mm-hmm. some choices that I have to make. Mm-hmm. And there may even be some people, some relationships that I need to put some distance in because they don't make me happy. They don't give me joy. Yeah. It's like a giant, you know, drain, drain mm-hmm. on me. Like I literally get, get, leave their presence and I'm just exhausted. Um, and that's... That's something that, like you said, that's a red flag. There's something, Mm -hmm. if that's a continual event, like everybody has a hard time, everybody has an emotional. Sure. But if it's a recurring thing, then there's a problem. There's a red flag. There's a check for you. Like, okay, let me go to the Lord about this because every time I leave the situation, my joy seems to walk out the door Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, there's a saying that's pretty um, well known in counseling and I think just in general now because... Um, mental health is so much more embraced now, I feel like, than it ever was. But um, if it costs you your peace, it's too expensive. And um, it is a good word. Now, there is a fine line with it, of course, because um, as believers, you know, we are called to situations where we're supposed to love the unlovable, where we're supposed to be the Jesus that they see. But at the same time, you know, I allowed that tiny scripture to dictate abuse in my life. And give them unmerited grace to the point that it was toxic and Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to be someone's doormat 
And in fact, whenever, you know, um, things weren't quite right, he went in with a whip and turned the temple tables over. So, and I um, think there's a difference in a surface level encounter with someone and giving them grace and not reacting in a long-term intimate relationship yes. where you're letting somebody in. You know, Jesus had masses of people around him in all different stages of maturity and mental health and walking um, with the Lord religion. And then he had the 12, and then he had the 3 that he took to the garden with them. And I think that's a good reminder. There's not everybody that we're loving on and that we're extending grace to that we should should not be in our circle stealing our our resources. If they're not bringing something to the table, then maybe there's some distance. We're Mm going to love them, but we're going to love them from a distance. Maybe you're now the 12, or maybe you're now the 50, or maybe you're (laughs) now the 300. But you're not going to be in my inner, you know, I need people who are where I'm at and wanting to go higher, you know, and see the face and the heart of God. Yes. And so I do think that that things sometimes get taken out of context. And that's why that running back to the feet of Jesus and going back to him and saying, I need wisdom and discernment in this because I've got this disconnect. I love Mm -hmm. this person dearly, but they suck all the joy out of me. There's no peace in this. There's like, you know, I want to be healthy Mm -hmm. and I want to be where you want me to be. And, and, and the other thing I have to remember too, in in this whole equation is, is that people have their own choices and free will as well. Mm -hmm. And you can pour into somebody until you are completely empty. But if their will hasn't determined that they want to do differently, you are wasting your time and your resources. Yeah. And I do feel like there's even a caution <clears throat> in scriptures with that, that um, we need to be very cautious about what we spend our resources and time on because you can't get, you don't get back time. Um, so you have to be, you know, guarding that. And making sure that it's being spent in the right places. Yes. Um, because it's you, there's no refund on wasted time. That's just, that's and you only have so much time on this earth to and begin with. And unfortunately, the hard part is sometimes that's even family. Mm-hmm. Sometimes families are the most toxic relationships. Girl, that we I feel have. like that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, yes. so, so many times we make exemptions for them. Yes. And it ends up keeping us parked in a place for years or decades that yes. the Lord was trying to call us higher to, but we couldn't Let cut the ties go. that were like yeah. concrete and us being dropped into the ocean yeah. you know and I'm always reminded of the story where the woman was following the apostles out and calling out but their God is God these are men of God these are mighty men of God to a point of distraction mm-hmm. to where finally he turned around and rebukes Called the, the spirit out of her, out of her yeah. and I that has always stayed with me because it's like you could have people even like singing praises or like seeming like they're giving this attention in a positive and there's something not healthy about it mm-hmm. there's something that's almost mocking in it there's something mm-hmm. that is out of order like patronizing it's an, and almost. it is not yeah. the spirit of God at all yeah and being able to walk in the discernment and the wisdom of that. And like you said, even if it's a family member that you have good times with, that you've had history with, that you have laughed with, but they're in an unhealthy place, they can even be saying good things to you. They can be saying the right things that sound good, that maybe even puff you up a little bit with some pride. But if it's not 
if it's not in the spirit of God and it's really using it almost like a sarcasm or mm-hmm. like a jab or a way to build you up and then turn around and cut you at the knees. Because let's face it, when you're in the unhealthy, you can be mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from my own time, like I could say really nice <laughs> things and then turn around and cut somebody so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our families are usually, especially when we're in unhealthy patterns, they are the worst about that. They're mm-hmm. the worst about knowing exactly where that tender underbelly is. Yes. And so, yeah, sometimes being joyful means looking at them in the rear view mirror as you... (laughs) Yeah. As you leave. Yes. I was listening to a book this this morning, and I think it might have even been made into a movie, but he said, um, he was talking about him and his wife as newlyweds and going to meet everybody, and they were like, um, we went and saw her family, we stayed as long as we could, about three hours. (laughs) I just laughed because sometimes that's the reality of family. Sometimes that is the real life experience. You love them, you know, and you want the best for them, but they're just not healthy. It's not a good place for you to be. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I am really, I'm going to be spending time with the Lord, going to his feet and say, what are the things, the people, the places Mm -hmm. that are robbing me of this joy that I I want to, I want to live in. I want And it not be circumstantial at all for what is going on in my life. Because, like, this week has proven. Yeah. I can find joy in the midst of all these things. Yeah. And make that decision that regardless of what happens or what the next thing is, he's my source Mm -hmm. for everything. Mm -hmm. None of this has snuck up on him. And, you know, last week I had an encounter with him where I was really starting to... The week that I'd had last week was starting to fill me with a little bit of fear. And I just remember crying out to him right before I went to bed. Lord, I don't want to walk in fear. I want to walk in faith. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, out of nowhere, Hebrews ten thirteen came to me. Just that scripture popped in my head. Hebrews ten thirteen, And I looked it up because I didn't have it memorized. And the scripture says, he is waiting for the day to make his enemies his footstool. Mm. And that was such a precious thing for him to drop in my spirit. Just a reminder that regardless of what my life looks like, regardless of what is going on in the world around me that might be driving fear, pushing that as the newest drug, that he is still on the throne. Mm -hmm. He is still waiting for the day to settle the score with the enemy. Mm -hmm. The earth is his footstool. Nothing has escaped him. Nothing is beyond his control. Mm-hmm. And I can rest in that. Yeah. And I can do what God does. I can laugh at the enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you silly devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can mimic that because I have that peace and that confidence in him. Mm-hmm. That this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. That's right. And the world can't take it away. Amen. Yes. Ladies, I just wanted to thank you guys for your interaction on the last podcast. We had uh, a tied score, so um, 
for all three of the choices, everybody kind of voted for them evenly. So in the episodes to come, in the trauma forming segments, we'll be talking about recognizing red flags and um, mental health post-trauma and just kind of covering all of the topics that were options to vote on. Um, But for this particular episode, the Lord had laid gaslighting into my heart. And so I just wanted to address that for you ladies, but wanted to assure you that what you had requested will be coming up in episodes to come. And I just thank you so much for your interaction. We love hearing from you guys. Okay, ladies, so on this trauma-informed segment, I wanted to talk about gaslighting um, and the effect that it had on me personally, but also the effect that it has on so many women in toxic relationships. And I'm going to tell you what it is, going to give some examples of it, and then talk about the long-term effects of it. So... If you've never heard of gaslighting before, it's a form of psychological abuse or manipulation where a person causes someone to question their own sanities, memories, or perception. An example of what that looks like, they may use gaslighting to isolate you, to undermine your confidence, and to make you easier to control. They might tell you that you're being irrational until you start to believe it's true. Um, An example of that would be, let's say you both experienced something together and the way that that person handled themselves, carried themselves, conducted themselves was embarrassing to you and you tried to address it later in private. They may deny that that situation ever happened at all that it wasn't how you perceived it, that you're blowing it out of proportion, that you're the crazy one. Um, And that's, of course, that's just one example. Um, There are honestly so many. And um, the issue with this is that long-term, it can cause you to doubt yourself, to lose trust in yourself. It can give you anxiety. It, um, it can cause your hopelessness if you're struggling with that to be worse. It can cause your low self-esteem. It can give you low self-esteem, but it can cause um, you to have enough low self-esteem to develop depression. Um, it can give you post-traumatic stress. And it can also lead to you being in a more codependent relationship. Um, for me, this was... I mean, one of the biggies that I feel like led to me having PTSD out of the relationship. Um, It makes you feel forgetful. Because really, you get to the point that you think that nothing is worth remembering. Um, It makes you tired because everything feels like it's too hard. It makes you feel 
insecure because you feel like you can't achieve anything anyway. You want to be alone all the time because you've thoroughly been convinced that you're the difficult human being to everyone else. Um, you overcorrect yourself all the time. It gets you to the point that you can't remember things about your own life um, because you've been told that your memories are not correct. And so even memories that maybe that person wasn't in all of a sudden are cloudy. You can't remember how they went. Even to this day, if something happens to me, I have trouble recounting in exact detail what happened. Like if I, you know, if I'm at work and someone's rude or whatever, you know, and I'm trying to tell even my boss about it or my husband, um, who is a safe person, um, now that I'm with, um, and I'm trying to tell him later, I can't remember the details of what happened. All I know is how it made me feel, um, because of the long-term effects of what gaslighting can do. Um, so my best advice for you, if you are in a situation that you, you know, you know that you're being gaslit or you feel like you're being gaslit, um, and you don't know what to do and maybe, you know, deep down in your heart, what needs to happen or whatever changes need to be made to the situation, but you aren't ready for that step yet but you need help knowing what you can do to self-preserve until you are ready. Um, I would suggest getting a journal and um, it may be best practice for it to be a secret journal that the person definitely that you're experiencing the gaslighting from doesn't know about. Maybe you keep it at work or you keep it somewhere that's a safe place. But, and when something happens to you, before you have an opportunity to confront the person doing the gaslighting with it, start writing down your experience, what happened to you, your version of it. And that way you can go back and read it after it's been retold to you, distorted or tried to be erased from you at all. And if you do this long enough, you're going to have a compiled documentation, really, of an example of abuse. Because um, not all abuse is physical, and it's really hard sometimes to put to words when you're in an abusive situation. And someone says, well, what did they do wrong? Or what, what are they even doing wrong? And... You haven't experienced anything like this before. Sometimes it's just like I remember myself saying, I don't I don't know. I can't tell you what's wrong. All I can tell you is that it's exhausting and it makes me feel crazy, but I know I'm not. And um, it was just so hard to put into words in the beginning what exactly was wrong. Um, but so and. I don't know why I, you know, particularly felt compelled to share about the gaslighting situation on this podcast, but I do know that anytime the Lord puts on my heart to share my story or a particular piece of trauma or how, you know, something that I experienced affects the brain or whatever, I know that there's someone out there that's going through it, that's listening, that needs to hear it. 
So if you do and you have access to counseling, by all means, um, find a good Christian counselor that's going to be a safe person. Um, If you don't have access to that, try to locate a safe person. And that may be um, a co-worker. That may be... You know, a relative that you know isn't going to spread your your business or put you in harm's way even more or a close friend. Um, But find somebody that you can talk to about it. Because at the very least, being able to release the floodgates that are going on behind the scenes helps a little bit for trauma management. Um, And if you don't have that safe person, if you don't have anybody you feel like you can reach out to, please, 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 by all means, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. That's what we're passionate about. We want to be able to help you. And, you know, and even if we need to get you connected with a counselor that helps serve us, however we can help you, um, that is our goal. And so I just want to encourage you. And there is hope after it. You know, I still, I am five years out and, um, you know, my, the five years was yesterday was, um, the anniversary of that. And I was talking to my sister and I said, sometimes it feels like five lifetimes ago. And then sometimes it feels like five days ago because I'll have a really hard day or I'll get triggered by something. And I get so frustrated with myself and I think, I should be further along than this. This shouldn't still be happening to me. That was so long ago. But the truth is that how people treat us has lasting effects on our life. And our body keeps score of that. And it takes sometimes a lifetime to overcome it. But we keep fighting and we keep working at it. And eventually um, we win uh, because scripture says that there is a light in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it and so especially when it comes to mental health we cling to that and we trust in that and we believe in that and so I just want to encourage anyone that may be struggling with that that you know you're going to have bad days maybe but the good that's coming cannot compare to what you're going through right now so just hold on to that and um, just want to encourage you and like I said if you're a lady that feels like you need to reach out please do either through our website or social media platforms because we love to hear from our listeners Okay, ladies, that is a wrap for this episode. Once again, we thank you for joining in. I thank you for listening and just pray that it blesses you. I pray blessings over you in the weeks to come until we have another episode. I pray the love and light of the Holy Spirit over your life, that you can see the evidence of God's goodness all around you and that you can see the strides that you're making. If no one has told you this week, you are loved, you have value, you are worthy, you are capable, you can do anything you put your mind to with the power of Jesus Christ, and you can overcome the situation that you're in. And so 
whenever you're facing whatever you're facing this week, you just count it all joy and know that um, Jesus has you. He has you taken care of and he's going to bless and keep you. And until we get together again, I just pray blessings over you.